This podcast with Scott Duffy is brought to you by Howard Brown, author of a new book entitled Yes is More, Tangible and Timeless Ways to Differentiate Yourself from Your Competitors. Please listen to podcast number 799 where Howard and Greg speak about how Howard was able to succeed in business by building, growing, and selling companies. He believes in loyalty, reputation, and team effort culture, which lead him to introduce many firsts in the industry and develop a process called One's Solution Cell. I know you're going to enjoy this interesting and engaging interview with a great entrepreneur who impressively built and sold three commodity businesses that were competitors to big supply stores. If you want to learn more about Howard and his book, Yes is More, please visit his website, www.yesismorebook.com That's Y-E-S-I-S-M-O-R-E-B-O-O-K.com Thanks for listening and now for a featured podcast, please enjoy Greg's interview with Scott Duffy about his new book, Breakthrough. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Scott, as I do, every time I come on these shows, actually, I've been so busy, my voice is hoarse uh, for the number of people that want to be on the show. And our mutual connection here is David Meltzer, and we're going to be speaking about Breakthrough. Uh, This is Scott's book, and you have another book too, don't you? I, I do. I have a couple. So my last book was called Launch, and oh. I was from Penguin Publishing. And before that, of all things, I wrote a book on how to invest in self-storage facilities. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, who knew? I should have. <laughs> and maybe with COVID, we all should put our stuff in self-storage and maybe sleep in self-storage too. The book is How to Harness the Aha Moments That Spark Success. That's the subtitle. And that's yeah. what uh, Scott is certainly a master at. We're going to direct all the people to the places to go, Scott. But I'm going to let them know a little bit about you because many of my listeners may not know too much about you. Uh, So let's do that first before we get on with the question. So Scott's an entrepreneur, business growth expert. He began his career for best-selling author and speaker Tony Robbins the RPM system, and all kinds of other things. And he went on to work for several big media brands like CBS Sportsline, NBC Internet, FoxSports.com. Next, uh, founded Smart Charter, an online booking tool for private aviation, which was acquired by Rich and Branson Virgin Group. Uh, Today, Scott is the champion for entrepreneurship. He is highly regarded keynote speaker, and he's spoken at the New York Stock Exchange provided commentary on numerous media outlets, including CNBC, Fox News, CBS Radio, and he co-hosts of Business and Burgers, presented by Microsoft, and best-selling author of Launch, which he just talked about. And we're going to put a link to, you want all the listeners to go to your new thing, and give me the name of that again. Well, the best place they can go is to scottduffy.com. Okay. So if you go to scottduffy.com, you can learn about all the things that I'm working on today and, and really what that means to you and, and, and how I can help you in your business. Or you can tune in each day and listen to What Now with Scott Duffy. The live broadcast is every day on Facebook at 10 o'clock Pacific, or you can listen nationwide on Dash Radio or download the podcast. 
Well, we appreciate that. And all my listeners will be able to get this through the 11 channels. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, awesome. all the others. Now, Scott, your personal story is quite interesting. You know, it kind of sets the tone for the book. And you had this obsession with growing personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that listen to my show. There's about a quarter million. They all want to grow personally and professionally. And they're, they're looking, maybe not for the shortcut, but they're really looking, they're seekers, right? Mm. I'd say everybody on the show is a seeker. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about the backstory before we get into other questions. I think that's a great way to set the tone for it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, well, I'm a Southern California guy. I grew up in LA. I went to college at the University of San Diego. And I was one of those guys. I loved college. I, I started my first business as a freshman. I had like 14, 15 employees. Uh, I was a student painting business. I played college sports. I was in a fraternity. And in my junior year, my third year, I was on a fraternity trip down in Mexico and I got in a terrible car accident. And, you know, it was like one of those things where I was like having the time of my life. And, and, you know, we were going down this road and, you know, for people that, that had been down to Baja, they know Mexico, they know what I'm talking about. You get these one lane roads in each direction. Weren't you going like, to yeah. San Felipe? San Felipe. That's where I, I rode my bike from Mexicali to San Felipe. I know that road really well. 114 yeah. miles. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a ride in the desert. Yeah, and it was it was the worst ride I ever had now <laughs> because it got so hot. But my I know the road is really small and you guys had a head on. Yeah, right? we had a we had a tough thing. We had we had somebody come from they were off the road and they tried to pull on, they didn't see us. We hit them um, going like ninety miles an hour. And it was the worst day of my life. And, you know, the question I always ask people is like, how many times have you been going down the road and maybe you're doing everything right? Maybe you're doing everything right in your business. That means you wrote the perfect, you have the perfect vision, wrote the perfect plan, hired the perfect team, you executed flawlessly and something like COVID came out of nowhere to knock you off course. Right. And everything you did up to that point, every, you know, email you wrote, call you, everything you had to throw it out and you had to start over. And, and that is really what happened to me. I had two brain hemorrhages. I had to drop out of college and I really couldn't do much of anything except lay in bed all day. And one day my college roommate came in and he said, my dad thinks you should listen to this. And it was a motivational book on tape by a guy named Dennis Whaley. Oh, Dennis, and, I knew him well. <laughs> <laughs> and before you knew it, I had a library. When I got better and strong enough, I decided I wanted to go and work for any of the people I listened to yeah. as an intern and finish school. And the first person I applied to intern with was Tony Robbins, but instead I was offered this cool job. So I was first hired by, by Robbins Research when I was 20. He yeah. was 30. So yeah. we were kids. And I started in that industry doing promoting Tony Robbins. I worked for Jim Rohn, promoting Les Brown and some of the other iconic people at that time. Well, it's a, it's a great story to kind of lead where you are. Now, you tell a lot of stories in this book, and I think that's what makes, look, we are, we are the sum total of our story, let's face it. <laughs> and the better you get at telling your story, that's great. Until you, as Ram Dass has been on the show, actually just recently passed away, um, you know, he says you take off the cloak, you take off the ego cloak, Yeah. right? And when we all get to our deathbed, the only thing that matters is who we loved, who loved us, and how much love we gave to the world. Mm. That's a Dalai Lama quote. But you tell a great story about one of the dreams you always had, which was to land on an aircraft carrier. Can't say I ever had that dream. <laughs> and you got your chance, and the pilot flew you into there, and he talked about three scenarios. I remember oh, yeah. this distinctly from the book. 
And I think there's an importance in these three scenarios, right? <laughs> um, so tell your story. I think it's great. Well, so uh, when I was 16, the movie Top Gun came out. And there's this scene at the very beginning of the movie with Tom Cruise where he's trying to land on an aircraft carrier and, and help somebody in. doesn't look like he's going to make it at the last second he does. And ever since then, like that was my favorite movie. And landing on an aircraft carrier became the number one thing on my bucket list. And so, yeah, you're right. I was given this opportunity by the Navy to spend um, I 24 hours following the captain of the ship, who's the commander of a nine-ship fleet, and really learn how he led this group and then share it with others and, and talk about the Navy and share it with others. So anyway, I, I get the opportunity to do this and I'm so pumped until it hits me. I'm the most nervous flyer you've ever met in your life. Okay. And so over the years with so much travel and a couple rough things, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So what am I going to do? So what I did is I made up a plan. So I decided to go to Coronado early where I was going to take off from and meet with the pilot. And I'm thinking the pilot is going to be like this old man, 50 years old, like me, right? This old guy who's been doing it for years and the person comes out, he looks like he's 14 years old. Right. And so I said to him, I said to him, look, I'm nervous. I'm hoping you can make me feel more confident. How many times have you landed on a carrier? And he said 86 times. And I said, that's awesome. I said, so that means every time you land on a carrier, this is easy stuff for you. Like, you don't worry about this. And he looked me dead in the eye. Yeah. And he goes, sir, every time I land on an aircraft carrier, I am absolutely terrified. And my stomach just fell to the floor. And he said, but the terror is good because it keeps me alert. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. He said, maybe now's a good time for me to tell you, like you were saying, the three scenarios. And I'm like, scenarios, nobody even told me about scenarios. What are these? He said, well, here's the first. He said, the first scenario is this. We're going to take off from Coronado. We're going to fly three, three and a half hours off the coast. And he said, and we're going to line up. We're going to see that carrier and we're going to line up. And we're going to get permission to land. And he said, and here's what happens. We have 14 seconds. That's it. 14 seconds to line up and run along the side of the ship, turn and bang it around, line up with the carrier and get on the deck. He said, but here's the thing. This is not going to feel like a Southwest landing. He said, that ship is bobbing up and down. It's rocking side to side and it's moving forward. So we have to match and mirror that movement perfectly to land straight. And he said, in 10 seconds before we land, I'm going to yell, brace at the top of my lungs. And he said, and you're going to get in a crash position because we're going to do what we pilots call a controlled crash. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? He said, yeah. He said, you're talking about Top Gun. And it, it, that, in that movie, you'll see at the back of the carrier, there's like a wire that goes across the back. It's called a trap. And there's a hook that comes off the plane. And our job is to hook that wire, hook that trap, and that's what stops us. He said, so scenario number one, we go in, we hook the trap, boom, we're good to go. You have a great day. Scenario number two, he said, we come in and we miss. And he goes, and this is where things get tricky. He said, I have less than two and a half seconds to understand that I've missed and get the plane back up off the deck. Otherwise, we go off the other end. And he said, and that leads to scenario number three. <laughs> scenario number three is a water landing. And they'll tell you all about that when they get you strapped up. So I'm so nervous. And I go, okay, just one more question. How many times have you done this year? And he said, and, and how many times have you missed this year? And we were in like April. And he said, zero. So I'm like, yes. So here's what happens. We take off. We're in the air. 
We get out, we see this thing, we bank around, 10 seconds out, the guy yells, brace! We brace, we smack the deck, and we missed. And it was so scary. And so we come back around for a second time. We line up, he yells, brace! We missed again, second time. So imagine this, 20-foot swells that day. Third time, we come around. I'm thinking third time's a charm. Not for us, it wasn't. Not that day. (laughs) We missed again. The fourth time, we nailed it. And what I always say to people is this, I don't know about you, but to me, that feels like every single day is an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like we could do everything perfectly right and we line it up and we miss and we miss again until eventually if we stick in there long enough, we nail it. So it was, yeah, it was quite an adventure that day. So tenacity, persistence is the, is the, the key you know, your takeaway from this book is there's a lot of takeaways, but the story exemplifies, you know, your opportunity to, to miss, 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 and then come back and get it right. You know, and we don't, you know, hopefully people will hang in there long enough to do that. I, I, you know, they say most people quit when they're 10 feet from success. Sure. And that's, that's it. Now in your first book entitled, launch the critical 90 days from idea to market. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I know you said, Hey, you were more of an idea guy, but not an implementer. And I was an idea guy too. A lot of ideas in software companies, all kinds of things. And a lot of them I missed on, man. I went off the Uh end of the career. (laughs) And so you used to work for Tony and you realized that there were, there was a good, you were good at launching businesses, Mm -hmm. but you needed to learn about, what it took to make a business sustainable success. Mm. So what did you learn by this great entrepreneurs that you've interviewed? Cause you've interviewed a lot for the books and you yeah, well, had them there. So what, what, yeah. you, what have you learned? Well, I, I think it's a couple things. I think, um, you know, one is, uh, you know, I was on the ground floor. We mentioned the big media brands at the beginning. I was on the ground floor of a handful of, technology companies that through IPOs and through exits ended up becoming these big brands. So what today is CBSSports.com, NBC Internet, FoxSports.com. And so I worked in these environments with incredible entrepreneurs. I was really fortunate. I had incredible entrepreneurs I was around and watched them go from idea to really super scale and see how they did that. And there were a couple things that that I think stood stood out to me. One is this idea of focusing on one thing. It doesn't matter how the big 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 the business got. What these guys were doing is they were solving one problem for one person. And and my favorite example of really when that set in was this. I, I was actually I was with Richard Branson. I was at this home on Necker Island, and I went up to him one day. I'm um, starting lunch, and I said, you know, I got a question. I've always wanted to ask you this. I said. My entire career, I've been involved in companies that were first to market, to find a market, were the leading brand, were really early stage in, in a space. And I said, it's really hard. I said, you have to really be educating your, your customers while you're building the business about why they should use it. It's like you're building the plane while you're flying it. And I said, but you, on the other hand, and by the way, there's great opportunity there to, to make a, you know, a lot of money. I said, but you, on the other hand, what you do is you go and you find the biggest industries with the biggest competitors and the most money to spend against you. And that's where you start something. 
it's totally, I said, I said, why do you do that? And what he said to me is this. He said, you know, I have a really simple success formula. He said, my formula is I look for number one, a big market. Number two, it's a market where people already have their wallets out and they're spending money. I never, ever try and teach or train somebody that they need to spend a dollar. He said, number three, I find one person that has one problem in that space. And I know if I solve that one problem for that one person and it's a big market, it could be a billion dollar business. And so for me, one of the lessons I learned about growth and sustainability is to really identify what is that one thing that we're going to be great at and really focus on building that each and every single day. And I think that what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is they focus on too many things at once and that isn't sustainable. And I call this hammers and nails. And what I mean is, if I were to give you one hammer and one nail, and your job's simple, all you have to do is take that hammer, bring it back, and drive a nail into a piece of wood, like really nail one business. Now, the odds are you may miss the first, the second, the third time, but eventually I'd bet on you. Eventually I'd bet you'd nail it. So let's say I give you two hammers and two nails. You got a problem. Who's going to hold the nails? Let's say you find somebody crazy enough to do it. Think about this. You have to hold two hammers, bring them both back at the same time, and strike at the same time. Think about how hard that is. And you got to, you might try over and over and over. You may never get it right. Let's say give you 10 hammers and 10 nails. Well, like I said, you get the point. The biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is that they do too much at once. So what I say is don't focus on everything, focus on one thing, really get great at what that one thing, and then move to the next. And the people I know that have built the best, the best companies over time never forgot what that one thing was and continue to nail that thing every single day. Yeah, and I, I concur with you on that. The the issue that is there is a mindset of curiosity. Most really good entrepreneurs are curious. You know, those are the people that are looking around corners trying to solve those mm-hmm. problems yeah. and they're trying to connect the dots and put them all together. And so they're by nature as an entrepreneur, you're like, sometimes you are on to the next. You're like, okay, but they haven't really fixed what they've got. It's a very hard for them. So the other thing I would say is if you can find the right people when you find the right formula and yeah. you add it, you then have an opportunity to move on to the next and and maybe keep some of your sanity. So now you speak about if, five if I can If I can just say one thing to that point, because that's such a great point that you just made. I think that one of the biggest shifts in my life personally in terms of building things came when I had a big change in mindset. So my mindset was as an entrepreneur, I'd have an idea. And I'd say, yes, I'm going to do it. And I'd jump in and I'd figure, it out, figure out how. For me, the shift that changed everything was I would say yes and then figure out who knew how to do it. Exactly. And I would go to them. For that, it took me forever to figure that out. But when I did, it changed everything that I worked on. It multiplies it not just yeah. your wealth, but your time. The yeah. only thing we've got is the time that we've got here on the planet to make a difference, right? And you're a difference maker. And you know, you speak about in the book five steps to bring your idea to light, right? Yeah. What are those steps and why are they so important? Why should my listeners know about those five steps? Well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, lots of things, there's lots of things that you can do to, to bring your idea to life. But I think, you know, the first and, and the most important thing is get absolutely clear on who it is. What is the one problem that you're solving for that one person? Got it. I think a big mistake that people make is as entrepreneurs, I was just talking to Gary Vee about this, is that 
is that we tend to think that we know more than our customer, right? And so we go out there and we build something and we say, here it is, right? Instead of listening to the customer. One of the things I learned from Tony Robbins, maybe the most important lesson I heard from him is that the two most important questions you will ever ask when you're out there taking a product to market, when you're selling are these. Number one, what is most important to you about blank? And by the way, today in this COVID world that we live in, what people want in the way they want it has in many cases changed than, you know, it was for, you know, a few months ago, a few weeks ago. Of course. So the first question is what's most important to you? Um, And then the second question is, what has to happen or how do you know you're getting what you want? This, by the way, is where most people miss. So let me give you the example. The example is I say, what is most important? I say this. I want to build a fitness business, right? I want to build a fitness thing. Lots of people are inside. They need to work out. I want to build a fitness thing. What would be most important to you about a fitness business that you would sign up for, you pay for? You asking me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do that. What would oh, be most important to you? I think there needs to be a variety for me and I think look if it's um BJ Fogg was recently on if you're going to make a habit and change things the tiny habits you have to like it. Right? So yeah. people say go to the gym and lift weights. Well, you know, maybe that's me, maybe it's not. Go do this, but if you start to find something you like and you gradually get in and do it with, go play volleyball, go down and surf, go down and ride your bike, do the things that you like doing because you're going to consistently stay at them. So what I would say for a gym, my gym has to offer variety, lots of variety. So that's awesome. So the second question I would ask, so where most people people stop is they go, okay, so he wants variety. Okay, so I'm going to build variety. Well, then I would ask you, well, what has to happen? How do you know that you're getting variety? Because variety means a million different things to a million different people. What does it mean to you? What it means to me is an opportunity to stay in group classes, community, right? And that is the variety I want because I want that connection with people that will ride bikes with me, people that will play volleyball with me, people that will surf with me, right? So if you offered that community, which is what a gym, gym usually does, yeah. it brings people in that you can connect with. To me, it's about connection and variety. So I would continue down this line. That was an amazing answer because that totally surprised me, right? Your, your variety to you started with groups and right. then it started with community. And right. so I would continue to say, so is groups and community, is, is that or is there something? Now we continue to go on and on right. until you were out of breath. You were out of answers. And here's the thing. All I need to do is build to that instead of guessing what you want. And if I know that, I know your buyer blueprint. And if I know your buyer blueprint, I've saved so much time and I've saved so much money. And so the number one thing you were talking about, you know, steps to getting started, the number one thing is definitely be absolutely clear on the one problem that you're solving for that one customer, what it is, you know, that they need, you know, what what do they want and how do they want it? That's the place that I always start. Well, you, you asked two great questions. We didn't probably get to the five steps, but they can buy the book, yeah. right? If they need to get the book, go get the book and you'll get the five steps. But I appreciate that. And I think I know you've got limited time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you one more question and then we're going to do one wrap question. Awesome. Okay. So you... Talk about in this book, your roller coaster ride, being up and down as an entrepreneur. There's always ups and downs. 
Um, and then you provide some great advice about developing what you call the razor-like mindset that cuts through problems like a knife. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the advice that you can give to our listeners that would sharpen their minds and have a razor-like mind? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I think our brains are just like Google. See here, it doesn't matter what happens to us. Our brains ask two things. They're constantly asking these two things in the background. What does this mean and what should I do? Right. And what we do subconsciously, what we do automatically is we start to ask ourselves questions to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. So, so here's, here's what happens. And by the way, your Google-like brain will answer whatever question that you give it. So right. if something happens and it's not working for you and your questions are things like, why does this happen to me? Always happen to me. Or it's like, why do I suck? Right? Here's what happens. And that's a, this is a good one. If I ask myself, why do I suck? Here's what Google does. If I typed into Google, why do I suck? I've done this before. You get 7.6 million answers in less than a second and a half. Right. Well, your Google-like brain does the exact same thing. So the questions that you ask are, to deter- are going to determine how you feel. The way you feel is going to determine how you behave. The way you behave will determine the results that you get. Right. And so I think that today, the number one thing that we have to become great at in order to develop that kind of mindset is asking ourselves the right questions when things aren't necessarily working the way that we want. And it's a practice. That is so cool that you had Ram Dass on this show. Yeah. That is so cool. You know, by the way, Ram Dass actually named when she was a baby, my girlfriend, Sita. And she was very cool. She was at the ceremony in Hawaii, just such a small circle here, small world. The thing that I respect about Ram Dass and other people like him, spiritual masters, is that yoga or meditation is a practice. Right. It's something that you have to do every single day in order to become sharp in those skills. And asking yourselves positive and empowering questions, no matter what's happening, around you is the kind of activity you need to practice every single day because that's the difference. Being around a guy like Tony Robbins, being around for me, you know, I mean, I, whether it's Gary Vee or Damon John or Tony Robbins or Richard Branson, they all have this one skill that is like, it's like the same with all of them. It doesn't matter what happens. They're able to automatically figure out a way to turn that around and ask themselves a different question that helps them to see a whole different opportunity. Yeah, it's what they're doing is asking questions that shift perspective. That's you know, what they're doing. It, it's it, when I got the degree in spiritual psychology, they used to say in from the class or into the class, you don't have to believe everything you think. And uh, and I think that's a really important statement for this reason one. because we're we're always thinking. The question is, are we creating a belief out of it, and is it true? Mm-hmm. And you know. It's like you look at a tree. Well, is it a tree? Yeah. Or is it a house? Right? Because if I cut the tree down, I can build a house. That's right. Or is it something else? And I think it's whatever you want it to be. I think in the book Sapiens, which I loved, it's like we are the collective imagination of what we are as a, yeah. as a person, right? It's the collective imagination. And that's what I loved about it. So, Scott, and I know timing is a big issue. So let's just do this. The listeners would probably like to know if you want to leave one bit of advice as we kind of like exit the show here, what would be the one or two things you would say that an entrepreneur who's listening today could 
implement immediately into their life that would alter the direction or course that they now might not be taking. And if one of them is asking questions, great, you've already gotten your point there. Start asking yourself lots of questions. Give me two more. Um, I would say that I think that this is really appropriate for where we are right now with COVID. So I live in, I live, I'm in Newport Beach today and right. we're reshutting back down. Like we're, we're rolling things. No more beaches. Today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But, but, but so, so, um, you know, so, so here's, so here's the thing we talk about asking, you know, ourselves in, uh, empower, empowering questions. But I think that the other thing is as entrepreneurs, you know, I used to think that the most important job for me as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur CEO had something to do with vision or leadership or team building or whatever it was. What I learned is that the number one job of every entrepreneur has nothing to do with business. The number one job of every entrepreneur is learning how to protect yourself. So if things don't go as planned, they take longer than planned, they turn out sideways, you can recover and you can bounce right back. Good point. And, and so here is, is something that, and here's what we tend to do as entrepreneurs. When things aren't working well, um, we tend to stop paying attention to a couple of things that are really important. We don't want to open up our bank statements. We don't want to open up that website online and see where we really are. But, but that's what we need to do right now. So I, I'm telling folks that I work with this one simple thing is print out the last two. If you want, we want actionable stuff today, print out your last two or three months of bank statements right. and make sure, just, just do a fresh eyes, make sure there's nothing on there that's pulling from your account that you don't absolutely need today. Right. Whether it's an auto pay, an auto this, or whatever, a payment to whoever, make sure that you really cut down right now um, as much as you possibly can to protect yourself because we don't know what the next you know, month, you know, let alone year, is going to look like. I'm kind of laughing at you because I have, I'm laughing and I'm with you. Three or four days ago, I created an Excel spreadsheet and I went into every auto draft that's going off my credit card awesome. and that's coming off of you know, my bank statements. And I looked at them all and I actually started calling some of the vendors and I said, Hey, look, you know, like into it, right? QuickBooks. Where are you guys charging me 40 bucks? Yeah. And they said, and they said, and they said, Oh, well, that's the standard fee. And I said, well, there's gotta be a different fee. And they said, okay, we'll give it to you for less. Right. My, my point (laughs) is, is you can go back, you know, uh, pennies turn into nickels, nickels into dime, dimes into dollars, dollars into thousands of dollars. And I think the point you make is a great, especially right now. But on the other hand, what I would say is don't contract your mindset. That's right. You may be looking to contract or save money, but this is the time you get to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if I was to give some of my listeners advice, I'd say, look, do everything you can, talk to everyone you can, and find out how you're going to rewrite that website, how you're going to make it better, and who's going to give you a reasonable deal to do that, right? Yeah. And so that you can attract more people in or do what you're going to do. But you have been amazing. It's wonderful having you on the show. I'm glad that we took this 40 minutes to do this and that David put us together. Again, for my listeners, uh, go out and get the book Breakthrough. 
and go to Scott Duffy. That's pretty easy to remember. S-C-O-T-T-D-U-F-F-Y.com. There you can check him out. He also is doing like an Instagram live and Facebook live and he's got the show. Again, what's the name of the show? It's What Now? What What Now with Scott Duffy? And that's every day we talk about what do you do now? What do you do now in your business? What do you do now at home? What do you do now with your personal finances in this age of so much uncertainty? And you know, before we go, can I share one thing from Dave? Oh, sure. Dave Meltzer, he's the biggest thinker around. The guy's like, he's he's a mega thinker. (laughs) He he is. And, and, you know, Dave was a guy that, um, um, do you mind if I share one more story? Actually, sure. I the only reason I was cutting off because you said you had to go. So I, I know, love totally. you know I could talk to you forever, but you know we don't have forever. But okay, let, do let another me, story, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me share one more story because we keep bringing up Dave, and so I want to give I want to honor Dave right now. You know, and I think that's important. Um, so um, you know, we we talked about all these highs that I had, you know, going from company to company where we went from launch to IPO to acquisition, did like three, four times in a row over a period of several years, um, these really big brands. And for me, when 2008, I was living what I thought was just like my dream. You know, I made a ton of money. I just sold a company to Virgin. My right. the guy I was working with every day, you know, I'm on right. CNBC and Fox with my hero entrepreneur, Richard Branson. And then, and then you went broke. I went broke, right? Join the crowd. I've been there a couple of times myself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did, and I want to tell this story because so many people are going through these types of things today, right? And it brings us back to Dave. So what happened was, was I didn't know what to do. And, um, you know, for me, it all happened so fast. So it happened in like nine months. We lost everything. We went like 400,000 debt, like that whole story. Yeah, I read I didn't it. know what to do. Mm-hmm. I curled up in the corner for like a year in the fetal position, like any good entrepreneur. <laughs> and one day I got a call and the call was from uh, an old friend of mine yeah. and he called me Duff for Duffy. He said, he said, Hey Duff, he said, I heard you're looking to run a company. He said, I need a CEO. He said, you want to come and, and run my business? And I said, yes. He goes, awesome. You're hired. That was it. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? What am I going to run? He goes, what does it matter? You need the work. I overthink everything. So he goes, come meet me in Pasadena today. We're going to have lunch. Go to Pasadena, sit down with them. Where the thing is, so what am I going to run? He said, I decided since this morning, you're not going to run my company. You're going to be a salesman. I said, what am I going to sell? He said, P. I said, P, what do you mean P? He said, I just bought a lab and we specialize in processing urine. <laughs> and what, <laughs> what that means, that you pee in a cup at the doctor's office, it right. comes to us. Right. We spin it, create a report, send it back to the right. doctor. Right. He said, your job is going to be, you are going to go call on all the doctor's offices in Southern California and win their pee business. True story. He says to me, my vision for you in a year is you will be the king of pee. And that was the first job offer I got after running a company for Virgin and with Richard Branson. And so I tell this story as illustrated because, first of all, I didn't take it and I should have because my, my ego got in the way, right? But I couldn't really use the money back then. And what I did is I went back to doing the same thing that I think most people do when life throws us a curveball, which is we do the same thing that worked before, but we do it more and harder, more and harder right. instead of learning and adapting. Right. One day, I'm kind of at the lowest of lows. I didn't know what to do. And I called up my friend, David Meltzer. 
who I'd known for a long time. I called Dave. I go, Dave. I said, I don't get it. I said, I have got the most amazing people around me. I've got the most amazing mentors around me. I built all this really successful shit. I said, I don't get it. Everyone's telling me I'm doing the right thing in business. What do I do? And he said, starting today, Scott, we're going to stop working on your business. And we're going to start working on your head. And that was the day everything changed. Mm-hmm. And Dave said, four things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do with you. And he did these things with me for a year. Every single day, he would not stop calling me. He was, it, was, it was almost like he was a pest. It was amazing. I mean, amazing having a friend that's that committed. Imagine if you were that committed to somebody else to make sure they got through their time. And he said, he said number one, he said, starting today, you're going to take absolute accountability for everything in your life. It was no longer the market you weren't prepared. It was no longer whatever. Number one is absolute accountability. So number two is you're going to forgive yourself for everything. And to me, that was the hardest part because I was so embarrassed and ashamed about everything. Number three is he said, you're going to find the lesson and I will help you find the lesson in all of it. And number four is you're going to be grateful. And he said, for the next 30 days, you're going to do one thing and one thing only. This is your assignment. You're going to set a gratitude alarm on your phone. Mm-hmm. And every day when that goes off, I want three things out loud that you're grateful for. For years, I've been doing this. So you asked earlier, what's one thing people can apply today? And I would say this, practice that gratitude for 30 days because gratitude changes everything because it changes your perspective and it gets you to focus on what you have versus what you don't have. And so that's what led to me turning everything around. And I just, my love to Dave Meltzer for that. Well, Scott, I think it is. It's a it's a testament to Dave Meltzer, which my listeners know. He's been on the show many times, but it's a testament to you. To you know, look, the first part is an entrepreneur has to get off the sofa. Yeah. Uh, they've got to have the initiative and the energy. And what happens during those yeah. times when you're down is the energy levels start mm-hmm. to shift. Yeah. And I'd say there's one thing uh, you were talking about, Ram Das. You're also talking about Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you get out of your ego, when you when you remove the fact that you think you're in control, mm-hmm. yes, we are in control. We have free will. We're in control to make those choices and do. But but the point is, is there is a higher power out there that's helping us all the time. Yes, is walking in the sand with us. Yeah, uh, yes. that's the spiritual side. And and my listeners know this about me. It's like, okay, great, you can lose everything, but you can also come back. I've been there, went bankrupt and came back and made three times the amount of money I had before I was bankrupt, right? So, you know, it, it's really about your tenaciousness, managing your energy, looking to your intuition to actually spark, help you spark. We just had Eric Wall on here okay. two yeah. days ago, right? The, the spark yeah. and the grind. You're not going to get anywhere without the grind, mm. right? So you can spark all day long. You got a great idea, but if you don't want to grind it out, not going to happen. So you're going to need to grind it out. But you gave our listeners great advice. It was wonderful. Again, I'm going to direct them through the blog to go there. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks, Mr. Dave Meltzer, for everything he's done by introducing us. Namaste, my friend. Thank you.